What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Justin, and Laura Ellen. Not a great week for Pittsburgh soccer as the Hounds drew again and Steel City lost both of their matches, and we're going to talk about it. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. If it bleeds, they can kill it. That was not the story of the tape this weekend. Uh, <laughs> the Hounds had Ottawa bleeding uh, down to nothing and uh, allowed them to eke back into the game. Um, guys, I think we're just going to skip the small talk and get right into it. As soon as this game was over, Laura Ellen, you just sent a message saying, I have lots of thoughts about this game. <laughs> and I said, do you want to talk about it on the show? Well, so why don't lead us off here. Well, I mean, to be fair, I was fully prepared to, like, write you an essay, uh, just, you know, that you could briefly summarize, and then you were like, oh, do you want to come on the show? And I was like, well, of course, if, if you must ask. Um, No, but I had a lot to say, and I have a lot to say, specifically because I think overall, with, you know, with the exception of, you know, a few uh, horrid moments, I think overall this was one of the best games that I think – I've seen us play. I think that we play that we've played at home this season, and which is like shocking because I think the last time I was on the podcast, I um, was very much the negative Nancy um, and not finding you know anything positive um, other than you know the food. Which I will point out, I did get a lemonade icy this week, which that was absolutely delicious. But um, I did find some positive things on the field, and so. Yeah, so I, I wrote out a bunch of stuff of pros and cons, but I would love to hear uh, what other people think uh, before I kind of, like, go into all the things that I think. Justin, what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I I, I think I said that to, to Laura, too, as we were, like, leaving the field. I, I, I said, like, I think that was probably the third best game we've played all season long. Um, but I think, like, uh, the negative side of my personality comes in at that point because I'm just like, I don't – good teams find ways to win that game and i just don't think we're a good team so yeah so i struggle with the result of the game because of that but i thought overall in the game that was played on the field in general uh taking the score out of it um i thought it was a pretty good game i mean if nico scores that pk and we win this game we're probably all feeling very differently about what we saw on the field kev would you agree with that I don't know, because I think at this point, um, like a win doesn't shake me out of the current state that I'm in being a, a Hounds fan. It's better performances will shake me out of this because it's not like, you know, it's not like a win and we're like back in the top four, you know, like a win starts the march again. And so it's, if you know, like the climb back up the table is going to be a slow march. Um, and so it's not like, um, like, yeah, obviously we need points, obviously we need to win, but it's you know, I, I want to see the evidence of us playing better to, to kind of, you know, allow me to build more confidence in this team. And, yeah, I mean, geez, apart from the terrible goalkeeping mistake, um, 
and 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 the penalty that I don't. Uh, we can talk about this later. I, I mean, th- those two are just pretty big gaping things where it's like it doesn't matter how well we play if we keep doing stuff like that. It's fine. It's a lost season. Just write it off now because this, you know, you can't expect this Hounds team to score more than two goals. I mean, that's how many times have now this season have we scored two and still not win? Um, that's a, that's at least twice, if not three times, in regular season play. Um, we've gotten a two-two draw, um, which is just weird. Uh, but. Yeah, no, definitely positive signs. We're playing better and all that kind of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 goals we let in were, were just comical. Lar Ellen, do you want to do you want to launch into your list of pros? Oh yes. So <laughs> I separated it into pros and cons. Um, you know, typically I think like chronologically, but I thought perhaps pros and cons would be better. So um, Ottawa is a good team this year. Uh, just as an aside, I don't remember them being as dirty last year, like in their play as they were this year. Um, and perhaps I just kind of wasn't on the lookout for it. Um, but they were just, anyway, like this is completely outside of my pros and cons list, but I just found them to be like a very kind of not even just physically aggressive, but like physically dirty in some cases team, um, which I, I don't like to see that at all. Um, you know, I was always taught to kind of play a physical game, but play a f- clean physical game. And that's, you know, the strategy that we use. And so to see some of those dirty tactics and um, just like some of the things that like the ref clearly wasn't seeing, which I did try and alert him to, um, which I, you know, I don't really think he appreciated that, but you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> so all of that to say, Ottawa is a good team, um, but we outplayed them, I think for like 80% of the game. Um, and so, so that was kind of like my first thing, my second thing, and I've said this the past couple games, but I am so impressed with Ryan James. I think he has played really well the past couple weeks and I think he played, uh, really well, um, on Saturday. And I think Ryan in combination with Toby, like they shut down Francois. Francois had no chances. Um, every time Francois got the ball, like Ryan James was the perfect person to have, um, to keep up with his speed and his, uh, you know, maneuvers and all of that. Um, and it was very clear that, you know, and, and Toby played with Francois last year, but that Toby and Ryan had watched their tape. They, they knew what Francois was bringing to them and they were ready for it and they shut it down, um, every single time. And so Francois like really didn't have the chances I think that he's had in, in other games. Um, and, and kind of after the game, um, you know, the players weren't in a great mood, but, um, I did, I met, um, Longard and Forrest for the first time after the game, neither of them had dressed for the game. And so it was just really great to meet them, um, and to introduce myself. Um, and so I, I told them about the podcast, hopefully they're listening. Um, and yeah, and I, and I told them both and I feel this way. I mean, I thought Forrest's red card was absolute garbage. Um, and so, you know, I can't wait to see both of them, uh, play again. Um, you know, Longard said he's healthy, so you know I'm ready to see them both out on the field. Um, so yeah, those are my pros for the game. Let me ask you this, just to sort of follow up on the whole Longard thing. Aside from Pack's mistake, did anybody think that he was having a subpar game to that point, Kev? I mean, honestly, it, it's I'm gonna kind of take a coward's way out here and say it doesn't matter. Um, because it's as you know, as soon as if if you can't, you know, if if you have a lapse in concentration, even just once, 
you you can have a, the greatest game of your life and pull off you know a brilliant save every five minutes, but when you do something like that, it's I don't know. It's 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 really and it got me thinking. I don't want to go off on too big too big of a tangent here, but I think Lily in general is quite good at kind of bargain shopping in the USL, and I think nine times out of ten you can get away with that if you really know what you're looking for. Um, but now, just more and more, I'm convinced. I don't know if you can bargain shop keepers um, because sometimes you require you know a keeper that I'm not necessarily saying it was it was this case in this game um, because. Uh, you know, Ottawa still have four shots on target, um, which I mean, well, I mean, look, what two of them are pro- two of them go in, so he had to save other two two more shots. Um, you know, you need to be able to play a full ninety, not do anything, and then make one big save to bail your team out. And uh, yeah, so I, it does. I, I don't know. Yeah, fine, whatever. Like you know, and Pack has been fine leading up to this game, um, but it's. I don't know. I'm I'm just getting really frustrated with the keeper situation right now because I think I I, I, I had this spiel earlier on in the season. I think if we have, you know, an above average good keeper, um, we're looking at a significant amount of more points um, than than we currently have. I think a lot of these draws turn into wins. Um, case in point being this game, but. Uh, I mean, I was kind of hoping that the whole situation with Pack would be slightly different because even before that, I had tweeted out there was some routine save that he made and i found myself surprisingly being like wow like i i had confidence that he would make that save like you don't always have that in a keeper and i was but like that's maybe not good no 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 you know no, I mean? no 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 that's <laughs> the thing is that that's not good like the fact that yeah. i felt that way was both good because i was like oh maybe packs the guy and not good because that was my reaction to it Justin, yeah. I know you were going to try to make the argument, or we at least talked about it last week, that you think there's a bunch of missing pieces on this team. Was Keeper on your list at all, or what? Are, what's your read on the Keeper situation? Yeah, I mean, Keeper's definitely on my list. I think I, I agree with Kevin. I think, like, you... I think what we've seen in USL and the teams that win USL championships, uh, i.e. Louisville the past two years, um, having Ranjet Singh in the net over the last two years... And then he getting picked up by an MLS team in the offseason. Now you see what Louisville's doing this season. So I think that there's a reality that... And and you can make the argument they lost Cameron Lancaster too. So they lost their top scorer and they lost their goalkeeper. But they've been losing top scorers over the last couple of seasons as well. And continually replicating their success. Always having the same keeper. And so I think that there's a reality that I, for me that I think... Um, we are missing that. And I think if you look at the top teams in USL right now, you look at the top teams in the East, uh, you're looking at John McCarthy, um, who has MLS and probably could start for five to six MLS teams at this point in the season. Um, you know, and so you're looking at a keeper who is an elite keeper for USL and Tampa sitting at the top of the table. So I just, I feel like there's a reality that we are missing that piece. And I, I, don't think you can bargain shop for that piece. I mean, I think you can and get a usable keeper, but if your goal is to win championships, you need to go high end on that piece um, again and again. I would, well, I would just like to, to add like one, th- maybe one slash 1.5 things to that. I think that, so the, the unfortunate incident with Pat, I mean, that was like my first um, con of my list was, oh my, pack, life is hard, right? So, like, 
that is is a situation and especially for a professional keeper that is like a once a season maybe once in a lifetime error right like since that has happened that will never ever ever happen hopefully for him ever again right like that's something that he will be constantly thinking about and it's unfortunate that it happened uh you know it was kind of like a fluky i don't know I, I don't know the exact, like, timing between the two goals, but it was, like, a fluky, like, 10 minutes, maybe, if even that, um, that, you know, we just, like, didn't play well for that, you know, and that's, like, the 20% of the 80% that, you know, you know, we played well and, you know, we didn't play well the 20%. And so, um, you know, I think, I think, so that kind of aside, like, I think for me that was just kind of a thing of, okay, he made a mistake, um, you know, I only played goalkeeper up through high school, but, like, all goalkeepers make mistakes. It, you know, unless you're, like, playing for Barcelona, and then you better never make a mistake. But, um, but I do think, I think one of the concerns that I have with Pac more broadly is that he tends to just be incredibly risky in his decision-making and a little eccentric isn't the right word, but just kind of, like, all over the place. Like, earlier in the game, he, like didn't call for the ball and like or didn't call for the ball early enough and then Toby came in for it and then he ended up punching Toby in the face which like again that kind of thing happens especially when there's like a lot going on but if you're not calling for the ball like and then you like punch your player in the face and then he like didn't exactly apologize you know and so again I don't know what the dynamics is he's incredibly confident which has its own kind of like set of things from my perspective but I think I think just some of like his confidence makes him cocky and so it makes some of his decision making a little bit questionable and so I think that's where I'd like to see Lungard who you know again from my memory uh when he played like tended to not just make like safer decisions but had more experience to make wiser decisions and so for me it's not about being safe versus risky it's about being wise and when you go out when you call for the ball and do you have that trust with your back line um so that's all i have to say about that <laughs> no that's fair um I know you have a list of other cons here. I guess before we dive into those, there are a couple other takeaways that, uh, in terms of positives, you know, I thought early in the game there were a few times where we had more build-up play, which was encouraging. Um, Laura Ellen, I know one of your points is sort of boom ball, which Kevin talked about last week, where it was just, you just heave it up and hope your forwards are fast enough to get to it. And it seemed like, at least in this game, there was a slight departure from that at times, and I thought one of the highlights of that was really the partnership of Forbes and Mertz, um, where the two of them were linking up one-touch passes really quickly and just seemed to not 100% instinctively know where each other was, but you could tell it's sort of getting there. Like, that's something that it's going to take time to happen. And there were a couple moments that I went, oh, oh, okay, all right, this could be good. This could be really good. Um, so I thought that was at least another positive. Um, I guess to, to go to – well – We'll do one more positive, and then we'll go negatives here. I thought Nico's goal was a classic Nico goal, um, and it was a great ball from Mertz. But, like, having Nico out wide and having Nico try to be a playmaker and do all of those things, it feels like there are moments like this where these are the goals that we saw Nico score all last season. And it was just like, yep, that's what he, he gets. The He's in the right spot getting sort of the garbage pickup goals, and that's – not that this was garbage, but, like, that's kind of how I think about it. It's not – you know, a long cross in and he just happens to be in the right place. No, it's like stuff is going on. The ball falls to his foot in the right spot. And there he is. And, uh, I just, 
I wonder if we're overcomplicating things for him and that's just making life difficult for him and, you know, yeah, making life difficult for us as well, trying to be too technical with things. I think what's interesting that you say, like you say that, and I think it's interesting because I think all we've heard, um, like all we've heard out of the U.S. men's camp over the past couple days is like if Greg Berhalter would just start playing people in their right position, which is what we heard out of Klinsman too, was like if they would just play the people in the position that they play well, then we might actually be able to put a team on the field. And that's Mm -hmm. sort of what it feels like for the Hounds right now is that I feel like if we play people in the right position where they can succeed, uh, then we could actually put a team on the field. And I feel like that's what, when Nico's up top, that's where he's supposed to be. Uh, And giving, especially with, I think, giving him a distraction like Steven, somebody who is going to take up a center back or two, like gives him even more room to kind of make runs and make him put himself in those positions uh, where he can get on the end of balls. Was there were a few games that we played, maybe it was only one, where we had Nico up top and Dos Santos was right beneath him. Um, and I'm trying to think back to to the. I mean, obviously, the odds of it being a win are are <laughs> slim at this point. But I'm trying to think of whether or not that was successful. But that felt like a situation where it was like, okay, if we're gonna play boom ball, then you could still play the ball at Dos Santos, but then you have Brett sort of behind him making runs and that potentially buys up some space for dos santos because you have to keep the defense honest with brett making runs but at the same time you know that that you know that gets to your point of you have to have somebody step to dos santos so the free space for nico so that might be something worth who knows who knows what this team is going to do um <laughs> kev do you have any other takeaways here before we get into sort of this list of con- i should say any positive takeaways <laughs> before we get into this list of cons yeah no i, I think uh Kerr's goal comes from committing more bodies forward, and that's something that we've been kind of crying out for for a while. I mean, look, the big, our, I think our biggest weakness in this team is we don't have pace. And anytime you need to do that, you need to kind of be brave and, and commit people forward and, and try to attack in numbers. And pretty consistently, especially early on in the game, um, you know, there, there were multiple occasions where, you know, a ball would go in the box and we would have three Hounds players uh, in the box. And, you know, in in the opposition's 18, which is good. Like in in past, at best, it's been two. Most of the time, it's been one. You know, like I.e. Dos Santos or Verlesky or something. Um, and yeah, and we get the first goal from it. Uh, so I'm happy about that. You know, it, it I I very much welcome a more adventurous uh, kind of tactic or style of play or however you want to call it. Um, I think we'll score more goals. I think our defenders generally are better defenders than most of the other USL teams will have. Um, you know, I think, you know, the keeper is still a question mark. I won't go on to that again. But, um, yeah, so it, that, I, I was really happy to see that. I, I think we are generally more positive. Mertz looks like he's on fire right now. Um, I thought he was a, he had a great game. But, yeah, so, yeah, committing guys forward, Mertz playing well, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with those two points. Justin, do you have any other positives from this one? Yeah, I mean, I think I simply echo. I think there is, um, I think our defenders, all four or five of them, um, and maybe throwing Forbes into that mix a little bit. Um, I, I think all of them are really good outside the box ball winners, and so I, I like. I think you send any of them one on one against um, 
you know, any of them get in one-on-one situations, especially outside the box, like they're coming away with the ball uh, um, a bunch of times. And I think in this game, we saw that a bunch where they were, there were times where they would step up and, and stop a guy and, and take the ball away from them. There were times where that would turn into a foul, which a lot of Ottawa's free kicks in this game were above the net or, you know, pack just literally had to stand there and, and, and watch it go over his head. So I think that there was with a, more dangerous free kick to free kick taker. I think it would have been putting us in bad situations, but I'm not sure that Ottawa has one. Um, so I think that that was good. I think, like you said, I think Mertz is absolutely on fire right now. I think he's hungry for something and, and is trying to prove himself for, uh, probably not only the team, but the city. Um, and so I think that he has, he's showing that he has something to prove and he's playing really well in, in the chances he's been given. Um, so, and I would echo Laura's thoughts earlier about Ryan James. I mean, I thought Ryan James looked fantastic in this game. Um, and he and Toby have sort of figured out that partnership um, on that side of the field. So I think um, that, I think we said a lot about that partnership in that side of the field at the beginning of the season. And I think they figured it out. Um, and so I really felt like between um, Oliveira, was that his name? The guy who was on the, the one side of the field and then Francois, I think we've made, um, I think we made both of them look pedestrian at best, um, and that's that's a credit to Rivera as well. I thought he had a really good bounce back game. I thought he looked at his tape this week and figured out what he did wrong, um, and he made a couple really really strong plays as well. So, yeah, this was this was definitely a game where you could see as the game went on, his confidence seemed to grow more and more. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what we see of him, you know, here in the, in the next few games because. Dover obviously got called up to the Gold Cup, so we won't see him for a little while. I will put this out there. You guys both mentioned sort of the defense. Um, This is the second PK that we have been called for because of a play from Tommy V. Are we at all concerned about that? Laura Ellen, are you at all concerned about Tommy V? Can we just confirm, first of all? I mean, it was kind of hard to Was Do you guys think it was a pen? No. It happened right in front of me, and no. The guy slid... Uh, Tommy V slid the guy jumped over him and then fell and it, like I don't I don't really think Tommy V got a piece of him at did, all. did Tommy V get the ball at all though could you tell no I think he kicked it too far out in front of himself and then he like fell because he knew it was too far but I don't know I don't know it was all really fast but it really didn't look like a pen to me yeah so maybe my question's moot well I just <laughs> I think there are uh, mm, uh, I have so many. I just think there are like other forces at play <laughs> that have nothing to do with our players. Like, and I just, yeah. I mean, I, and, and I think like, especially the past couple home games where I've been, uh, less flight, uh, sorry, I can't talk, uh, less, uh, flag waving and more just like, examining the behavior of the refs and like looking how the refs talk to different players i uh i just i i think there are some like underlying concerns that i have that aren't specific to tommy b so i'm not worried about it i mean at the same time you know i'm not worried about it period um i also think kind of like to justin's point like when uh, our defense is able to win the ball outside of the box. Like that is really where our strength is. And I think if, 
an offense is able to get behind the line in some kind of way, I think that's where um, it just it, it becomes more risk taking. And so I think having some penalties, whether they're justified or not, is kind of part of that risk um, equation uh, that I'm sure coaches, I, I would hope that coaches thought about and, and the players like have to be thinking about also. I mean, I think that's where some of the, you know, just, you know, as Justin was saying, I think those were some of the fouls are coming from because we tend to play a higher back line uh, most games. Um, you know, I, I just, I think they tend to, you know, refs tend to call fouls whether the fouls are actually there or not. Um but, yeah. To answer your question, Mike, should we be worried about Tommy V? Uh, I, I'm not worried about him. I'm worried about what position he plays. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 I literally don't know what position he's playing right now. I can't tell if he's a defensive midfielder or a center back. And I, I don't think he is being given um, the right instructions. And... I don't like I actually even don't like the position that he's playing. I think that I think that Greenspan and Adewale are good enough center backs to play a four back four at the back system. And I feel like we're throwing Tommy V in the middle of them and then saying play center back when we're on defense and play midfielder when we're on attack. And I don't understand that. I don't understand the concept of what that position actually even is. I, I completely agree with everything you said, and I, I had these thoughts, but the only thing now I can think of that is the counter to that argument. It might be now that Lily just... It's going to sound like I'm just harping on the keeper too much. Lily knows the quality of the keepers that we have in the squad, and so his solution is we need to limit the amount of shots the opposition has on us, and you do that by, I don't know, throwing more bodies in front of it, really, and kind of blocking shots so you defend in numbers and blah, 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 blah. I mean, and, and I think this kind of goes on. What, in Before a ball was even kicked this season, I think we were on here speculating about, because um, we were all pretty happy that we were keeping Kyle Morton. You know, Morton looked great last season, all this other stuff. And the news around the camp was still like, eh, like, we don't know. Like, we're still looking for a keeper. And we're like, we're, you know, I think it was like Hunter was talking about uh, the keeper situation. And so it, it might be that, I don't know, the coaching staff isn't convinced that they have enough confidence uh, and trust in the keepers, and so that's what they're doing it. But no, I completely agree with you. Funky Zill's not a center back. His best position is, is a defensive midfielder position or in the midfield. Even if it's not defensive midfielder, his best position is in the midfield. Um, and I think he's being wasted back there. And yeah, he's, he's having a pretty bad season so far. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what I was sort of getting at with that question because I think, at least not in this game so much. I didn't notice it, but I think it was the game before that. I specifically called out Tommy V because I felt like he had probably his best game of the season. Um, he just seemed more tenacious. Um, he was stepping into challenges. He seemed to be everywhere that he needed to be, and that might get back to this whole conversation of like maybe sometimes he doesn't know where he needs to be because of just what's going on um so yeah. just something to follow yeah and i i think you're right about that and i think i think back to the indie game and i think we're playing without greenspan in that game so that's an issue that's a different issue um and so we're playing without greenspan in the game and one of the ways we get our goal is uchenna uzo saying 
Well, we have two guys back there. I'm just going to step up into the midfield. I'm going to grab this ball and I'm going to dribble it all the way to the box. And I think that that, like, Tommy V just needs to do that more often. Yeah. Like, the, he just needs to make himself a part of the midfield more often and just say, a Greenspan and Natawali are behind me. I'm just going to step up and I'll make a deep run. I'll make a play. I'll step up and take this ball you know and i think that that's where uzo made the right play on that play and if tommy v would do that a little more often i think it would lead to a lot of good things agreed Lar ellen what uh what cons did you have here that we haven't already incidentally touched on in the process of trying to talk about the good things yeah no i think um we kind of touched on the flip side of this and that Mertz had a really good game. And I think one of the things um, that made his game so great is that he was constantly going to the ball. Um, if, if someone was passing a ball to him, he met, he, he took a step up and, and went to the ball. I, I wanted to, uh, I obviously didn't cause I haven't had the time, but I still kind of want to like, have just like a demonstration of what this look like do like a short video clip of like what this looks like what does it mean to like step into a pass versus just letting the pass come to you this is like mongols um, 101 where we send right. like a, a, a set like, of vhs is... tapes to the hounds and say this is what you need to uh, do uh uh if i may do that okay but so okay so on the flip side of mertz who d seemed to do that almost every single pass which i think really contributed wasn't the only thing that made his game uh so amazing but i think contribute to it steven and um nico had zero drive to go to the ball for for the vast majority of the game um, and so, and I think, you know, and I, and I will be fair, I think at times, you know, I saw instances where Kevin and Kenny got lazy in the midfield also, but there were, we had so many great passes. And I think in, in previous games, we've talked about our passing accuracy and, and the number of like completed passes we have. And so we had just like really great, like passes that, you know, made sense, but because we just stood there and waited for the ball to come to us. Um, instead of stepping into that pass and saying, oh, this person is, pa Kenny is passing me the ball, Steven, I'm Steven Dos Santos, Kenny is passing me the ball, instead of me just standing here like a towering tree, maybe I should walk towards the ball or run towards the ball, run into the pass, so that I can do everything I can to make sure the pa that, I, that I win that pass, right? And so it's, it's this thing where I just, it was just so frustrating to watch because, it's one of these things that, that last year I thought, um, you know, when players tended to get a little lazy or whatever, it seemed to be that the next game they sat on the bench, right? And coach was like, I see your laziness and I will raise you a seat on the bench and someone else will play. And I think um, to kind of step into that, you know, as soon as Valeski comes into the game, which what do I have to do to get christian more playing time i don't know what i have to do maybe i will be in a petition maybe i can set up a one-on-one -on -one meeting with coach and present my case i i don't know what i need i'm to sure do. he would love that i mean i, I, mean, I, push for that. I really like don't who wait who's coming in to talk to me yes. <laughs> what is, is the topic <laughs> yes um i'll make a powerpoint but um but but i think the thing about christian and i think also velarde as well you know they both come in they have this drive they're they're going to the ball and and I'm sure if you watch the last, like, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the game, 
the whole tone of the offense changes, right? They want to get this goal. Um, you know, that's where this, where that, that's where the penalty kick comes from, right? This just like constantly going for the ball. Um, and so that was the biggest, and it was just like so frustrating. It was so frustrating to watch because, um, just like I felt like I was just, I felt like I was coached last year screaming at Romeo, but I was just screaming at DeSantos, just saying like, and Nico, go to the ball. Like, what are you doing? Just, go into like step into the passes instead of just waiting for them to come to you like Ottawa is not just going to stand there and let you get the ball right like you need to you need to take that ball for yourself take what's yours take that pass um I wish people could see my hand gestures because I feel like they're really powerful um but anyway so I think that was like the biggest the biggest issue that I had. And I, I will pause and see if anyone wants to um, contribute anything uh, to my argument. <laughs> no, I think, and, and, and I don't want to call anybody a lazy player or anything like that. And that's not what I'm doing here. But just to sort of reiterate sort of the, the drive to make it more than yourself, to make it more about the team. I think I tweeted out what it was the 85th minute and Lily was making subs and Dos Santos was walking off the field when the score was two, two, like get off. I don't care how tired, get off the field. Like we got five minutes and we're trying to score and you're taking your time. No, get off the field. And so, I mean, I looked today, Dos Santos has 19 shots. um, So far this season, he has one goal and he's near the bottom of sort of how the team is ranked in terms of goals because he also has the most games like Joe Greenspan is ranked higher because he's played less games and also has a goal. Um, So it's just like, dude, you got to you got to start earning it. Like, I, I know he brings other things to the team, but like when you see somebody like Mertz out there literally hard on his sleeve on the field and then you see Dos Santos like I'm just going to walk on like no, like I'm done. Prove to me why you should be here. So, which may sound harsh, but there we are. I don't think so. Yeah, this is the place we're at right now, Mike and see. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's needed. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I'm just gonna move on. Um. So, uh, Kevin, it seems like you were just receiving what I had been saying for weeks and weeks about the boom ball last week, and as I was listening to the podcast, and I heard. I was like, oh, that Kevin, he's just so smart. Uh, um, I need, come on the show more often. Yes, Laura. exactly. Well, except for your choice in a Premier League team, but I, I'm trying not Can't to get me down up. now. I know. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, so so this whole thing about boom ball, and, and you're right, Mike, I think we did not play this as much uh, this week, but it, it tended to be like our default. Like if it felt too hard to play the right way from my perspective play the right way and to to really make those passes and to lean into those passes um we just kind of like defaulted back to this boom ball technique um and so we you know for for those not familiar with this concept it's like this idea of just kicking long balls down the field and just hoping that the forwards have enough speed to run onto it and and make the play and um as we have already said uh several times this season but then also even today we don't have players that have the speed uh to do that and so i just want to do a quick uh story time um and so just taking ourselves back to when i was in high school there was a coach that we had had a soccer coach um 
who had been at, been at my high school for decades and, and he had this big track record of success. And, um, but he primarily played this idea of boom ball, boom ball. And so he would recruit the track athletes to be his forwards, uh, to run onto the field and, and would teach them like a couple like tricks. So they had a little, like, a, like marginally successful uh, foot skills uh, to then be able to, to connect with those long passes. Um, and so, Anyway, I could go into many stories. But then my senior year of high school, we had a new coach came in who taught us the Dutch method um, of playing, which was a complete contradiction um, to this whole idea of boom ball. And so we uh, we played in the spring. And so we um, spent all summer and all fall in the classroom learning this new method, um, learning um, how to target passes rather than, um, you know, do these these long balls. Um, and so when I was in high school, this method of passing was not common at all for high school players. I think now it's much more common. And so as a as a senior, our team dominated the league because we had these different uh, way of doing things. And I think one of the things that one of our assistant coaches still sticks with me, and it's something that I think about a lot when I watch the Riverhounds, is down the middle never works. And by that we mean that when, you know, in the, in the middle third of the field, passing around the middle is fine. But when you get into the final third, congestion in the middle of the field doesn't work. And I think we've seen that time and time again. In the final third, congestion in the middle doesn't work. But if you're able to pull people out, pull the ball out to the wings, which I think we saw this with um, uh, Kerr's goal this this week. In the final third, you pull it out to the wings, you spread the defense, you can make those crosses and really um, be successful in scoring. And so all of that story time to say that I think this boom ball strategy is quite antiquated. It doesn't work. Um, I think there are better ways, um, and it doesn't work for the, the players that we have on this team. I think there are better ways uh, to play. And so that was my long way of saying um, we need different tactics um, on our team to be successful. Hashtag Lily out. <laughs> I'm halfway. Well, no, I'm a little over halfway to hashtag Lily out, but I'm Ooh, not quite there yet. Interesting. Interesting. I know. Mark the date. <laughs> First time it's been uttered on this show. No, well, that's not true. Like, like half seriously, the first time it's been uttered on this show. You've called right. me on it a few times. Um, but, right. uh, yeah. Um, sort of getting into that a little bit, um, I guess, guys, any other sort of big takeaways you guys want to touch on before we jump out of this a little bit? Hmm. No. Nah. Okay. The one, the one thing <laughs> that I funny. thought was kind of funny that was sort of a, a, you know, not necessarily just because I think he's too nice a guy to do this, but almost like a middle finger from Francois was when he called Nico's PK. You could see it on the feed. He's telling the keeper he's going to your, he's going to my left. He's going to my left. Everyone does that. I'm not uh, buying that for a second. He got no. lucky. You Everyone like, does. Why did Why did Nico take that? He has for this season. He has the most tape of any player on our team of someone taking penalty kicks. Like if they were going to study anyone from this season to take penalty, penalty kicks, they would have studied Nico. Make, let someone else take it. Yeah. But it's like, if, if he's your best penalty taker, like, you know, he does he, the he's same on, thing every game. He's on pens for a reason. Yeah. But no, Kev, like let someone else take it. The fact that Francois played with him last year and I'm sure they did pens together in practice and all of that. Like I'm totally buying. No, I'm, not, I'm not buying that for a yeah, I'm buying. He got I, lucky. 
I would disagree with you too because I think Nico Brett is not messy. They can put it in a different place in the net every time. Like he typically puts it low to either side, and so you're just guessing what side. And it wasn't a very good PK, so it just felt. I still think you put someone else in. It just felt like yeah, when yeah, the there it is. when the penalty was called, I said it's got to be Kenny, and it wasn't. So. I'm sort of mad. Because no about one that. listens to us. Just. I don't. I just. I, I, I mean, like Nico's taking the most pens, and what yeah. he's converted like three. I want to say he's converted three, but it's not unprecedented. Uh, okay. It's not. It's not okay. a ridiculous oh, okay. decision. It's not. It's not like oh, like all of a sudden, <laughs> you're right. Like, Pat you're right. came up and took the pen. You're like, right. It's no, like, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just no, saying. No, but because he's Kenny's converted the three, calm one. Yeah. he's now because he's converted three. He's now up to miss one. So put someone else in. <laughs> so but that makes no sense. That makes no sense. <laughs> here's this guy. Says that it here's this guy that's just sinking every three pointer, and he's like, "Nah, I'm not gonna take this open three shoot three pointer shot. I'm gonna pass it on to Shaq, the guy three, next to me." I think three pointers are different than penalty kicks. I think three pointers are like. <laughs> They're not even okay. like foul shots. <laughs> Let's move on. Moving on. Um, talking about pens just a little bit. So I went back and just quickly looked at, you know, I think we make a lot of comparisons to last season on the show. And so just to sort of look at 11 games in last year, where were we compared to 11 games in this year? And, you know, we talked a little bit about, oh, is it the defense? Is the, what, what, what is going on here? And just at a very high level, the Hounds are currently 2-2-7. Two, two, and seven. So we've won two games, drawn seven games, lost two. Last year at this point we were four one and six, which, you know, it's not that different. You basically take one of the draws and one of the losses and make them both wins, and here we are. So it's pretty big. No, I mean <laughs> it. It is, but like when you sort of look at it, it's it's like okay, you know, you take any two of the games, one of our draws, one of our losses, and turn them into wins, and we're not necessarily feeling better because I'm not saying at this point in the season last season we were feeling better about what was going on, but it sort of gives you hope that like. Okay, you know, we weren't great. We weren't like 6-1 and 4. Um it's, you know, the other way around. So, the one thing that was interesting is that this year we have 12 goals. 3 of them are pens. Last year we had 2 pens in all of last season. So, we scored more goals from the run of play. Um we had basically 12 goals from run of play at this point last season. The interesting thing was this year or last year our goal differential was plus 6 after 11 games. This year, our goal differential is zero. We are scoring exactly as many goals as we're giving up. So we're... Which makes sense from all our ties. Right. And so we're, we have roughly the same number of goals this season as last season. We have a few more of them that are pens, which, you know, weight that however you will. But the fact of the matter is, you know, we scored six more last year by this point than we gave up. So that makes a difference in the table do we know if um there are being like if more penalties are being called this season than previous seasons like collectively in the usl yeah i don't know like is it something that it's just like anyway it just it does seem unusual i mean i think Every time a penalty is called or, like, awarded to us, I'm like, geez, another penalty? And and I don't know if it's because of the style of play or if there's something about the officiating that they've shifted things. I You know, I don't know. Um, but I also feel like we've had quite a number of penalties, like, you know, called on us as well. 
So, or, you know, like awarded to our opponent. So anyway, it's just a thought. I'm sure someone could go back and look. Yeah. Someone should do that and let us know. We had we had five penalties awarded to us all of last season. I think we scored three, or we scored two and missed three. This year we've had five already. We've scored three and missed two. So, and we're only, what, a third of the way through the season. So yeah, we'll see if that trend continues. Um, I, I think you're, I think the point is interesting only because of something Lily said after the game. And this is what was interesting. This is almost what changed my perspective on the game. Because after the game, I was pretty mad. I was still, and I still think this, that good teams find ways to win these type of games, right? You're up to nothing. All it is, you know, tighten up your defense, put some pressure on, and you'll win the game. Uh, and I, Lily said after the game, something in one of the articles came out, that we just keep having these circumstances happen to us. And I like if he had said that in the midst of this week, I think I would have been like, you have to at some point you take your own luck, right? That you you force your own luck and like whatever. But I really like some of the circumstances that happened to us. Right. And I like some of them have been good for us. Some of them have been bad for us. Like we're down to Nashville. We score two goals and tie that game. We're up to oh in this game. Like we whatever we had those back-to-back games with sporting and bethlehem at the beginning of the season where we're trading goals and it's just a wide open kind of crazy game and those don't usually happen for lily we have a goalkeeping error in this game we have you know penalties being called in late in games and all this kind of stuff and i just don't think that this can be the like consistent way that our season operates i just i like i don't think that you look at any seven or eleven game stretch you know, if we break the season up and then there's one more, what, there's 34 games. So we break the season up into 11 game stretches. I just don't think that there's another 11 game stretch like this, that we see a crazy goalkeeper error that leads to a tie game. We see, you know, and so I don't know what that means for the next 11 games, but I just feel like the next 11 games have to look pretty different than these 11 games looked. And I just think maybe it evens out a little bit that some of these ties become wins or losses but i'm not sure that that's bad so if two of them turn into losses but two of them also turn into wins you're still up two points more than what we've gained so far this season so i i'm just not sure that that's a bad thing that if some of those do turn into losses so i just don't i do think there have been some crazy circumstances in these first 11 games that we might see even out to the mean over the next 11 but i'm not even sure what that mean is yet like I'm really, really hoping that you're right. My my only concern is that we kept saying, "Oh, we're not going to look at the table until ten games in," you know, because we need to have enough games to understand what this team is. And now we're eleven games in, and we're saying, "Like, well, maybe we still don't know. Maybe the next eleven will be completely different." And I totally agree with you. But there's that little piece of me that's like, "Is it? Is it? You know?" Is it going to be different than these first eleven, or, or or have we seen the mean? Like the mean is I don't is draws. That's I mean, mean I think I think that we I think last year when we were at the top of the table and we we're looking down, so obviously a very different viewpoint. I think we're looking at it and saying, well, there's a bunch of bad teams at the bottom of the league, right? I think we looked at it and there was like some teams that we were like, oh, we should beat that team pretty easily because they're in thirteenth and they shouldn't be there, you know? Like I think whatever, and then we got to the end of the season and five through what was it five through 11 or five through 10 were separated by like five points or something like that and we were like oh everyone's kind of right there 
Everyone has something to earn. Everyone has something to gain by winning these games. And I think that the reality is like, no, we probably won't be in the top four. But even another another 13.11 games puts us at 26 points, where then I think just a couple more results in the last 11 games of the season, and we're at 40 points. And that's going to be right about the playoff line, or was the playoff line last year, I believe. And so I'm just not sure that we're... I, now that we're looking at the table, I'm just not sure that we're that far out of it. We're tied for 10th right now. Like We're tied for the number of points that we need to get in the playoffs. So I'm just not sure that we're that far out of it at this point. Okay, so I have this very fun uh, spreadsheet that I made uh, that I've been um, trying to depress the Mongols people with for the past couple weeks. But anyway, so what I just did um, is I took the current total points – um, and then added that to the, or the, um, the, uh, oh gosh, what's it called when you multiply two things? The sum? No. Anyway. Okay. Product. So uh, products. products. Thank you. Yeah. The product of the average points per game multiplied by the number of games remaining. So this would be if based on the current total current number of points that the, a team currently has and then if they continued with that average for the rest of their season how many points approximately would they end up with and so we end up with 40 point well 40.2 points at the end of the season so like 40 41 points at the end of the season which is 10th place um if you know our average points per game continues right so if this is the mean we can expect that's kind of where we will be um if this is uh, a deviation from the mean the past 11 games then you know perhaps it will look differently um but that to say the difference between us at 10th place and charleston who using this method of prediction is at ninth place they have 52 points predicted like using this strategy right so it goes from 40 points to 52 points and then above them is Louisville at 58 points. Um, so again, this is just like a very rough, rough estimate. And so I don't need any like hate mail or anything. But I think this is just like to say that, you know, and this will become more accurate as we have more games. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to share that. So you're saying we got a chance. Oh, <laughs> That's been the meme I've been sending Laura Ellen all week every time she puts out one of these reports. <laughs> uh, guys, we got we got a couple other games here we got to talk about, and uh, we're quickly running out of time. So let's let's tear through this quickly. Um, Steel City, uh, unfortunately, got two losses this weekend. They lost four nothing to Pen Fusion on Saturday, then lost three nothing to Torch FC. Both games were on the road, so hopefully, you know, this weekend I believe they get back home. They're currently 1-3-1. and They only have three games left. As we kept saying, they only play through June. Um, but they're fourth in division out of five. Hershey's below them. They get another shot at Torch FC at home on Sunday. And so the good thing is, for the past few weeks, they've had doubleheaders on the weekend, which makes it difficult to plan. You have to figure out what team you're going to play each day, Saturday and Sunday. From here on out, they have one game each weekend. So there's a lot more time to focus They'll get another shot at Torch FC, like I said, at Ellis. So hopefully, uh, you know, the ladies can turn it around this weekend and uh, really make a push these last few games and jump up the, the table and then make a run in the playoffs. So, you know, kudos, ladies. Um, good luck this week and uh, good luck against Torch. Another team playing this week, guys, is obviously the Hounds. We get Columbus in the Open Cup game. 
you know, likely today when you're listening to this, that it'll be this evening. They're one win away from their two. I should say the Hounds. The Hounds are one win away from their 200th all time across all competitions, which is kind of cool. And Kevin Kerr needs one more assist to become the all time team leader. Do we think either of those happen today when people are listening to this? Kev, do you think that we beat Columbus? Look, it goes beyond all logic, but I have a funny, good feeling about this. Uh, I I don't I can't explain it. I don't know why, but it's you know like if you're Columbus, you're looking at the Hounds right now. Like, all right, these guys are crap. We can just like cruise into this game, no problem. And what I saw someone tweeted out, one of you or maybe Josh tweeted out that like Columbus is kind of struggling for players right now. It's uh, um, it was Mark Goodman. He uh, he basically said go. Will Trap, Zach Steffen, Zardis, and Mensa are all on international duty. Harrison Awful just came back from injury. I haven't seen the report as to whether or not he'll play today. Iguain is injured or out. So yeah, they've got some players that uh, that won't be on the pitch for them. I mean, everything suggests that we should be the hungrier team, and you know that should go places for us hopefully um look i'm still not putting money on it like but you know i i don't i don't think this is a guaranteed we're done here i think there's still some romanticism to be happening in the, in the cup and uh i don't know i like this competition and i and i think uh, maybe this year the hounds do too justin are you putting money on it i'm not putting money on it no <laughs> <laughs> no sir no sir uh but being a union fan i've watched i've watched uh the Harrisburg City Islanders come to to Talon Energy Stadium too many times and put up, you know, overtime games against the Union because they have nothing to lose. So, you know, like you just go into these games, and I just think the Riverhounds have nothing to lose. Columbus may or may not even care about the game. So, I always think there's a chance in these games that the USL team could could, you know, could upset the MLS team, and I think you know it it happens on occasion. So I'm not I'm not saying we won't i'm just saying i think it's a good chance where you know we've been talking about some of our older players who may not make it to mls well maybe they have a little bit of chip on their shoulder about this game to say okay i haven't made it to mls but i can beat an mls team and then i think our young guys obviously just want a shot uh against playing against or with an mls team so they're gonna have something to prove too yeah laura ellen how you feeling well, I think all of these kind of like leads to the question, what kind of team is Lily going to play? And, um, you know, I mentioned. About- I, look, look, I, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I will be on the Lily out train if he like puts in a bunch of like kids who haven't played yet this season in this game. I'll be pretty upset about that. Sorry, continue. Yeah, well, and I think, I mean, I think from the first two games, you know, I think he played like pretty, you know, I don't think it was like our top you know, our starting 11, but like, what is our starting 11 and what is their quality? Who knows? But, um, but the teams he's played have been pretty good. And, you know, I did mention that he sat, um, Christian and Velarde for longer than I certainly wanted, um, on Saturday. So maybe that means that they're going to just kind of go for gold on Tuesday night. And, you know, I, Personally, you know, I really like uh, both Valeski and Velarde. I think they really add a lot. And so I'll be really excited to see, um, you know, hopefully they get the start, um, uh, get the start on, on Tuesday uh, against Columbus. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, I'm, I will put all the money that I currently have in my hands, which is no money on it. But, you know, I, I also kind of like I have this feeling and I think, um, you know, the SEAL Army has like a, a – 
decent number of people going out. Columbus isn't that far away. Uh, you know, it's closer than Philly for sure. So, um, yeah, I'm just very excited about it. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to, to watch the game tomorrow night. Awesome. 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 Um, steel army is coordinating travel. So, you know, if you're hearing this on Tuesday, it might be too late, but it sounds like even if you're driving up, let them know. Like if you weren't planning on going with them, let them know. Cause they're still trying to keep tabs on everybody up there. So we're going to get together and hang out and all of that. So, uh, it is not too late to make the trip to Columbus and check out the game. Um, so we have this game, obviously we'll see how it goes. It'll be very interesting to see how it all shakes out. We have another game Saturday, league game against ATU, UT, Day, whatever, Atlanta <laughs> United 2. Um, Laura Ellen, do we have a chance in this game? You, you wrote, do we even have know. a chance, question mark. So I'm I starting mean, with you. I mean, they're doing really well so far this season. Um, so, I don't know, and Josh isn't here to be our eternal optimist, and I kind of feel like so far I've been relatively filling his shoes as much as I possibly can or maybe his his uh his little hat that he wears um sorry that sounded pejorative and i didn't mean it that way but um <laughs> uh, 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 i'm I, gonna I say know. his little hat next week <laughs> no, <laughs> that. oh that's so mean i'm sorry josh um no but i i don't know maybe i mean maybe after losing and then it, what kind of felt like losing this past week um you know, losing like a two gold lead. Maybe we have a chip on our shoulder. Maybe we will believe in ourselves enough to believe that we can beat a two team. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we have a chance. I'm, I'm really trying to be positive. Justin, do you have, do you have positivity left in you for this team? <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, actually looking at our next five games, uh, we have four against teams that are right around the table uh right around us in the table so if we're gonna make a statement we gotta make it in the next four um so i think beating beating atlanta would make would start something um you know we lose the next game to new york then that's fine they're good you know but like i think we've got to start making a run now you know um like lily said it's you know he said this week it's about building throughout the summer and i think we've got to start showing that like we have something and we have something to give to the end of the season. And so I think if we can, if we can start making a run against some of these teams like Birmingham, like Atlanta, like Bethlehem, like Charlotte, I don't know. We could be in a good, a much better position by the end of July. Yeah. Kev, you feeling, uh, feeling a W in this one or is it, where are you at? Nope. Draw. I was right last week and I'll be right this week until, uh, (laughs) Until I don't know, we, we gotta win at some point, right? We're not gonna end the game. We're not gonna miss season with two. Say that, wins. but have you looked at our no, record? <laughs> we yes, just we have like two a, of them. Yeah, so we, we, we spent like an hour talking about why it won't happen. But is there any part of you left that? I mean, you know, like I said, we no. Look, I, look, I this past week against Ottawa, it was better than it was worse, um, as far as progression, and so that's good signs. I'm not trying to take that away from it. But, I mean, it's still, I'm trying to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say turn a new leaf, because turn a new leaf suggests that, like, you're kind of changing for the good, kind of doing the opposite. I'm trying to get more realistic with my predictions. I, I, you know, I could see us playing well again, something weird happens, and a draw happens. Until until we start winning games, I feel really reluctant to, uh, to predict wins. I'm kind of with you, but I also, I agree with Justin in that, like, 
it's got to start somewhere, and you're gonna have a better shot against a team that's closer to the table. I mean, look. This sounds like this sounds like Mongols 2017 talk. I, like, I know, <laughs> but look, I mean, to the point. Ottawa's having a really good season, and we should have beat them this week. We didn't. We should have, but we didn't. Yeah. So, like, you know, you gotta you gotta start somewhere, and so hopefully this is the start of it, and we just sort of build upon it. All it takes. I mean, look, say say we beat the crew, like what a boost that would give for the ego right there. It's not league play. But, like, you just beat an MLS team. Kudos. Like, now you have this belief in yourself, you know, regardless of who's playing for the crew, that you can do it. Now you take it into Atlanta. You pick up another one. Now all of a sudden you start to get confidence rolling, and who knows what happens at that point. So I would make the argument that I think the confidence has been rolling, and I think, like, it's been hidden by some factors, right? I think, like, I think I, think I can even point back to the Dayton game. I think we played well in that game. We beat a team handily the way that we should have. Then a couple weeks later, and I think it took a couple weeks, but Indy comes to town. We beat them at home in the Open Cup. And it didn't feel like it counted because it was an Open Cup game, but it was still a really good USL team coming to our place, and we got a win. We go there and lose, but like road games in Indy are always going to be hard. So I think like that's okay. And then... Like, we play well in this one. So I think, like, there has been a progression of things, though there haven't been the results in the league to go with it. Uh, so I think we're starting to see a progression. We just got to start to see the wins. We got to start seeing three points. Yeah. that that That's got to be the motto moving forward is we got to start seeing three points. Like, that's yeah. at that point, we'll start flipping our, our the narrative. But uh, for now, we got to yeah. start seeing three points. I think that pretty much does it. But before we get out of here, we got to do a quick plug. Lara Ellen, your your new show, Soccer Better, that you do with Liz, is now on iTunes, Spotify, basically wherever you get your podcast. The first episode came out, what, a few weeks or last week? I'm, I'm, I'm losing all concept of time. but Yeah, you, it came out a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and you talked all about female referees, and it was awesome. Like, basically pouring statistics and data and basically doing all of the research that nobody else really has the time to do like you guys do it and then like tell us what we should know about all of these things to make us all you know soccer better hence the name um absolutely crush it in your first show your second show comes out this week any teasers about uh, what you guys are talking about in this one yeah so if you liked the data in the first show we have way more data in the second show which is really exciting um and i think uh this show liz and i had a lot of fun doing it it's something we're both really passionate about and it feels really timely so those are the the teasers um but yeah go out and check uh check us out on twitter uh at bgn soccer better and uh yeah tweet us let us know your questions we love feedback um so you know please send us your feedback as well we're really excited it's uh, a really fun thing and we're hoping to put something out about once a month um, so these are tend to be a bit longer form uh, a little over an hour uh but tend to be pretty dense um so once a month but uh we tend to make them fun we try and try and have a good time well we have a good time and hopefully everyone else does too so yeah check it out and let us know what you think and yeah we're excited Look, I'm not saying don't listen Mongols, but I'm saying as long as the Hounds are in this stretch, 
If you have, if you have, <laughs> if you're like competing for time, go listen to Soccer Better because you're gonna learn a lot oh, more thanks. than just sort of what we're saying on repeat over and over again. So absolutely go check them out. Like I said, subscribe iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Follow them on Twitter at BGN Soccer Better. Um, really, really great stuff. We're we're really excited for both of you. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. Thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to Mongols to hear all the shows that we put out, including preview shows, post-game, full 90, all of that. You can also click over to the store, get yourself some sweet merch. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at mongolsbgn.fm, at mongolspawn on Instagram iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to the show, subscribe, let us know, leave us a review. We really appreciate it. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Bye.